Let's talk about Tunic. It's basically Legend of Zelda, but with a fox. If you look Please. at it at oh, a quick God. glance. No, 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 no. We are... N- if, if you, you look, look at, at it at a quick, quick glance, oh, this episode—that's the thing. That's the, the thing. I, I think I think that's a good way to look at it because the game I feel like changes every time you get a little more information about it. So at first, you know, it's it's a mystery box in and of itself, right? We know the game very heavily, like homages Legend of Zelda. And we know that, you know, there's a fox in there. We know it has a cutesy aesthetic. So that makes us assume certain things about the game, right? And then when we played it, it turned out to be actually a, a, fair, deer, a, a fair deal more difficult than what we were anticipating. Like, f- funny enough, we were calling it, like, Souls-like combat. It does have Souls-like elements, right? You die, you have you can go back and pick up your currency or whatever. But, like... Just the sheer difficulty of, like, taking on some of these enemies with, like, the limited abilities. It started to feel like Dark Souls, which was, like, polar opposite of what we talk about when we're talking about Legend of Zelda games. I don't think we'll see a Souls-like Zelda game. Maybe some people can make the pitch that Breath of the Wild is potentially close to that, but I would (laughs) respectfully disagree. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, Breath of the Wild really doesn't fit the the Souls uh, formula. But yeah. I've I've heard this I've since heard this referred to as a soul's light, uh, which is a term I have never heard before, I don't think. Uh and I really like it for this game. I do think the aesthetic of this game belied the the combat or the actual like game feel of it. And I, I think that that's why it's had such intense reactions since its release. Uh it looks so cutesy. I can't think of another game. Can you throw out some games that like kinda have like use this kind of animation style? Just in case people haven't seen it, um, gosh, it is a, definitely a type of cutesy of its own. Like when I was playing it, I sort of aesthetically compared it to Three D Dot Game Heroes, which was a PS three title that was also like a real big Legend of Zelda homage. Doesn't it have some kind of like overcookedy animationy types of vibes where everything seems like like exaggerated, cartoony? Yeah, I guess overcooked is a good way to put it too. Like it is somewhere between that i guess right like it's nothing is super complex you know geometrically like everything is kind of like a rounded simple creature a couple of balls put on each other or like some cubes no i mean and that's the point it looks uh it looks kid friendly it looks like it's something that would be accessible to children so initially you know with the when the trailers were released and we see the protagonist wearing a you know green outfit very similar to to link from the zelda series uh we think oh, wow, it's like a kid-friendly Zelda. You know, that's, like, how exciting. It's, like, even more accessible to children than Zelda is. And then it's not. It's way tougher than any Zelda game I've ever played. Yeah, I'm glad about that, too. Like, Zelda is already enough for children. I wouldn't want something even more simplified or streamlined. Like, I feel like that would just make it less of a game at that point. Tunic definitely goes into the extreme, though, where at least to let's say get the good ending or come out with like i guess a happy tale I, i'm not sure like just to get like a actual like good amount of completion in the game there are times where it pushes its like logic just like so far into an extreme i guess like the cryptic nature is what i'm getting at right let's talk about that let's talk about the uh the instruction manual which is 
probably one of the most interesting things, if not the most interesting thing about the about the game itself. Yeah, uh, something that feels really fresh. Can you can you talk about like what it's like to gather these? pages and and how that interacts with the the rest of the narrative. Yeah, so in Tunic, you don't know how to play from the get-go, and there are no in-game tutorials to tell you how to play, as you would normally get in other big-budget games, even in smaller games. It's like generally a design rule to teach your player how to play, like, when they're playing. In this game, you have pickups scattered around the world, which actually come together to form an instruction manual like old school style instruction manual, but the instruction manual is only viewable in the game. And you have to like physically turn the pages. Each collectible is a page and you don't get these page in sequential order. You have to just kind of collect them scatter shot and intentionally. So some pages are placed further along the adventure to reveal things that you can actually circle back to and activate now that you have newfound knowledge. And the cool thing about that is that you actually have that ability or that functionality the entire time. It's not like functionality is newly activated for you because you're collecting these instruction manual pages. So it's another layer of like the puzzle box, like, oh, I could have been doing this the whole time. Whoa. And like... The first time you encounter that, it's like Samus getting the rocket upgrade, right? But what's even cooler is that, like, when you play through it a second time, if you decide to do New Game Plus or just start the game fresh, you now know all of that information. You can do everything quicker. You can figure out, like, workarounds to the original journey. And I think that's another really cool aspect of how they handled mechanics and teaching the player through these instruction pages it's just really neat to gain some of that info and then be like oh you know what i'm gonna beat the game again but it's gonna be like four hours faster because i read the instruction manual already right and the instruction manual is in lieu of any kind of in-game text you know there's no tutorial there's no uh, there's no like pop-up text that that you're reading, and then you know it's alerting you of story beats or uh, of of gameplay, you know, ways to play the game. So, or all, and it's also your map. One of the things that's interesting about the instruction manual is that it's not static. Like when you're looking at a map of of the region that you're in, you'll see your little icon, your like where your character is uh, on the map, which is. I mean, it's interesting because in old school, you know, they're they're obviously hearkening back to to an era where people had to rely on instruction manuals because they, you know, like they would just like play the same difficult games until they they were able to beat it. You know, we've talked about this kind of legacy of the arcades, you know, games being really, really, really difficult as a way to get get you to make money, and that's kind of the the main way to make games. So so when they're first released, that's that's a common feature of of how games were made initially. So this game is in, in difficulty is harkening back to that, but also in the use of the instruction manual, but there is a quality of life update in that you can, it, it, it's a, it's dynamic. You can see your character. And so when you're moving along the map, it's not just a map and you have to imagine where your character is, which would be almost a more true. Uh, it'd be more true to like how actual instruction manuals worked. Um, but I think it's nice that they give you a little bit of a break. And that's one of the only times they're really giving you a break in this game. Yeah, I think, you know, the choices in this game are made to bring us back to that early, like, 80s and 90s era of gaming, but not including as much of the friction from those eras. Like, yeah, the the combat is difficult, but not 
crushingly difficult. No times does it feel like super unfair, at least in my experience playing the game. Whereas like older arcade titles would definitely get you with some like tricky stuff that was very intentionally meant to kill you. But yeah, I mean, just to kind of get a note on the instruction manual in the map, like there was a push and pull, right? So like the give that they allow to the player is that tunic will pop up on the map. Your little fox character will be visible on the map. The take is that the map is split into several instruction manual pages. So depending on where you are, and you almost don't remember always the page number that your map is on. So you're flipping through like almost physically because they do like simulate like the page turning every time you press the button. Like you're, you're literally like flipping through the pages of the book to be like, Oh shit, where, which page was this map on again? And you've got like seven plus different locations, you know, each with their own page. And some of these feel like side locations too, which was pretty interesting. Something that I wished was there though, was the ability to place map markers or have some sort of like, crayon or something to draw on the instruction manual because they even kind of like plant that idea in your head by including the notes pages that instruction manuals come with and showing that someone else had written on the notepad. I thought that was really cool and also with this game being a puzzle box the notepad itself has secrets on it like it has codes for you to put in not necessarily a cheat code like yeah there's probably a cheat code in there but i don't know if it's necessarily called a cheat code because it's more of a puzzle and when you figure out what that page is telling you it'll give you like an extra charge of health or something like that yeah have we talked about the the fact that like half the instruction manual is not in english no, I don't think we mentioned that at all. Oh my <laughs> yeah. So like the whole, like the vast majority of the game is in this different, I'll just call it like tunic language. It's uh odd, can't really be deciphered, you know, like not the same jumble of characters are going to represent like letters and stuff. Like if you try to take the word West and like decode it and try to apply that elsewhere, it may not necessarily work. And as far as I can tell, no nobody on the internet has like cracked the code of this language. I don't think it's meant to be cracked. The player is just meant to get the information they need by context clues and or taking in other pieces of information. Right. So there will be pictures uh, or, you know, like diagrams and maps and uh, charts and those kinds of things that you have to almost like use the the it's like the syntax of of instruction manual to you be able to decipher you know you have to understand that if there are like what like the what do you call it the inv the vulnerability frames or the yeah the i frames invincibility, the I inv yeah. invincibility frames yeah so for example there are there's a they show the animation broken into different um like steps of tunic rolling right so when you press the roll button it'll be this series of five shots that you see uh, and, you know, they note in English, like, look for the dust cloud, which, you know, changes in each of these frames. And then they'll show you, like, let's say for the first three of these frames uh, that he, you know, in which he's he's rolling, he will be invincible. And then the, the last two frames he will not be. Uh, but it's surrounded by so much non-English language that you're not going to interpret. And there's this there's a sense of uh, curiosity or like a a lack of completeness like you, you throughout the game you know that you're not going to ever fully crack the code i mean well 
actually, I, I kind of take that back. I think that there's this this drive that we have to hope that we are eventually going to learn everything and that we're going to get some item that decodes everything. Uh, so we're but we're kind of kept in suspense there. Uh, and I think the the deeper and deeper you get into the game, the more you're you develop an acceptance of like, okay, the, there this is part of the mystique of the game. Like I am not supposed to know uh, everything that that is included here. Yeah, and I think that kind of shines through also through its storytelling. Like, there's not loads of dialogue, stuff's not, like, immediately understood. Everything is sort of, like, played out as if they were mimes, right? Whenever there is some sort of cutscene moment or something like that. And that kind of builds the conditioning of, oh, okay, with everything, I'm going to have to build context clues and start putting together my own, like, story and logic not that you're writing the story for the game but it's very clear like it's almost like watching like i guess like a charlie chaplin like silent film or something where you're like oh okay this character is reaching out to this character their face looks kind of sad so i think that's that's good that means i'm trying to save this one and then you know some point down the road you're like oh okay here's like here's this character they looked sad yay i helped you and so that all is to say i think it just makes for at least for me a more engaging like story and or interactive experience like ha- no going going off that hope of like yeah i'm going to get like the rosetta stone like it's going to happen and then you collect more pages and it's like uh well you know that there, there's going to be a lot here to decode, but like it's at least teaching me what I need to know. Like I can tell what I need to know. So like it's okay that I don't have the words, and I think that's the inflection point. Is like when you know you're learning most everything you need to know without the Rosetta Stone, then you're like, okay, I'm fine with this, and you can kind of like keep moving forward. And eventually, like new stuff piles up, so you kind of forget even that that was a major thing. Something that I love about the instruction manual and the different language, though, is, like, it makes you feel like a visitor in another world. Like, it really reinforces that. Like, if you were to take a trip to Japan not knowing the language and using, like, Google Translate on your phone, like, it would feel a lot like that. You use the words uh, engaging and interactive to describe it, and I think it is more so than most games. This isn't the kind of game where you're going to want to listen to a podcast or, you know, have a YouTube video on in the background. This is going to demand your full attention. The combat, like we said, is, is pretty challenging. And when you've, when you're escaped from moments of combat, uh, you're going to have to do some real problem solving. You know, you really have to think, you really have to like flip through these pages and, and consider your options. And, uh, you'll be, you know, backtracking the same areas and, uh, to tr- and trying, like looking for secrets. You know, there are places where, let's say there's like a waterfall. If you hug the wall right next to the waterfall, you'll discover a secret passage that will lead you to, to somewhere new. So, so you really are kind of inspecting the whole world. Uh, but, but not mindlessly because it is, it is a rather big place and you'll you'll need to use the the guide as clues um but you're going to be on like if you play this game you expect to really be putting your mind uh to work yeah and on that note i want to talk about some of the fairy fountains there are fairies in the game and there are you know much like legend of zelda homage would do there are fairy fountains quote unquote It's not where you go to, like, recharge your strength, but essentially, I guess, the fairies are, like, super secret collectibles, and you have to find, like, several locations out in the world and do a certain input pattern 
to get these fairies to appear. It's like an invisible chest that it you can't you can even walk through it, right? It's just a chest that's not there, but if you're standing in the right spot and you input the correct code, then it actually appears. And like at the risk of revealing too much, if anyone's listening to this that like hasn't played Tunic, you're kind of like getting a little too far into the episode. Maybe give it a try if you like the puzzle box appeal of this game, because definitely like going into it with knowing as little as possible makes it a much more enriching experience. But anyway, back to the fairy puzzle. There is this room behind a waterfall in the overworld that initially when you walk into the room, you see it's clearly behind the waterfall. There's a treasure chest. But you also, because of the kind of like three quarters tilted perspective, you see that there's like a little bit of a path like going out stretching to the top left corner of your TV screen. And so I decided to follow that path and I followed it and followed it until it like turned into like almost like a out of bounds room. Like it felt like the game was no longer there. Like so like you walk out and then you end up on this like balcony nestled over like negative zone. Like it's all just pitch black except for this chessboard looking platform. And then there's an enemy walking around the chessboard and you can't like kill him. Like you can't use your magic wand, no range weapons, nothing. All you can do is watch him and he's just walking along the floor. And I was like, what the fuck? Like I, I must have come back to look at this guy like at least three or four times over the course of my journey after discovering him. Cause I'm like, I have this new item. What do you mean? What is your purpose? And literally he was like giving me the message the entire time. Like that right there was a puzzle. Like that enemy was telling me the solve for the puzzle that was in that area. And so the big reveal is that like he's walking the exact same pattern on that floor And what that pattern decodes to is a long sequence of inputs that you're supposed to put in on your controller in order to make a treasure chest appear with the fairy. And like that will, and that's basically the fairy puzzle and multiple, I I think it's like over 10 or so are like scattered around the entire game. So you have to find those locations, which you can use. They actually show you in the instruction manual But again, you need to like stare at it and figure out all the context clues. And I mean, more so than context clues, like this reaches that point where you need to actually start doing experimentation based on like hypothesis from the context clues. Like, I'm sure that was already happening, but it was nothing like, oh, I think this is trying to tell me a message. It's not like, oh, okay, I like roll out the way. Oh, it's telling me something about roll. It's more like, okay, this whole block is in fucking weird tunic language, and I see, like, the sprite of a fairy next to it, and maybe some sort of weird constellation? What if I treat that constellation like a sequence of inputs? Oh my god, new functionality! And, like, that shit's super cool, but I feel like, at least for me, and I'm guessing for most players, it's like, almost a layer too far. Like, while I enjoy it, I almost certainly know the vast majority of people won't even figure out, like, what is the cause? What is the reason for this entity walking on the floor the way it does? Why does it feel outside the bounds of the game in the weird negative zone? And, like, you know, that answer and that experience is very rewarding, but unfortunately it feels, like, too potentially convoluted because, honestly, like, the number of 
inputs feels quite long. Like, it feels longer than, like, the GTA weapon cheat, you know, left down, right up, left down, right up, like that type of thing. Yeah, it is convoluted. So much of the information sharing is oblique, and it doesn't need to be that way, uh, but it is that way by design, you know, and... I did not have a lo- as much fun with this game as I was hoping. This was a game I was really looking forward to, and I found it to be uh, requiring a level of investment that uh, just frustrated me. You know, I, they, it's, it, they needlessly made things uh, more challenging by, by not just giving me, you know, just give me a tutorial is, is you know, how I felt on some level, right? You know, like, as I'm playing through the game, it's like, you're going to, if I miss collecting a specific instruction booklet page you're setting me back until i find that you know there could be crucial information on that that is going to completely change uh my play style you know and it's like if i miss that i have to walk around for an hour and a half and like not even realizing i didn't collect that like just you know dying over and over again uh but i know that i know that they intended it to be that way right so i view this more as a game that was not perfectly built for my taste you know, but I I recognize that there are a lot of people who will engage in this process, you know, who will play Tunic and love the Easter egg component, you know, love the, the like, the scavenger hunting, the you know, the trying to complete the world, trying to figure absolutely everything out. There's a, there's almost like a, it's like a action game plus Where's Waldo. Because it demands so much from people, I think that people are, people who 100%ed or, you know, complete the game however they, they choose to, will feel more satisfaction. You know, they, they, they will oh, know that they, sure. they That's going to be like a like, elite gamer badge, basically, yeah. right? It's like, oh, yeah, I beat Demon's Souls. And it's like, oh, well, you know, I got 100% on Tunic. like, And most of that is from, like, the brain teaser aspect of it. It's not so much from the combat. Like, Souls, your gamer cred comes from like defeating the combat element with tunic. I feel like it's more of like a cerebral intellectual based, like gamer cred. And it's actually, you know, now that we've talked so much on the like kind of more puzzle side of things, like I feel souls like is actually souls light is a really good descriptor because the souls games are notoriously like hard to fucking understand in terms of like their story and or quests and puzzles. Like sometimes you get a quest, you don't even know it's a quest, right? Like nothing highlights in your journal. You just spoke with an NPC and maybe they mentioned something that has you kind of in the back of your head saying like, Oh, okay. This guy wanted to give a, a flower to this person or wanted to say hi to this other person. Maybe I'll run into them. I don't know. And like the Dark Souls diehards will be like, wow, that's a quest. I do have to find this person. I'm going to like chop my way through this town, talk to this NPC, and then double back all the way to this NPC. But that's all being tracked by them. And so Tunic is kind of similar where like, yeah, the, the combat's a little hard, but the puzzles, I think, is really where it brings its like soulsness out because it's not explaining much to the player arguably dark souls explains a lot more to the player because like they have a tutorial phase you know they teach you how to do combat and stuff like that um and it's probably done here in the instruction manual but the puzzle side of things both sides go very unexplained and i think tunic while they don't explain it they at least like put the text in front of your face and i don't know if that's any better because the text is usually like undecipherable but yeah i just thought that was uh kind of interesting i didn't look at it from a puzzle side of souls 
Yeah, do we have any last notes? Is there anything about the game that if someone hadn't played it, or, like, let's say someone had played it, that, like, what are they shouting at us? Uh, like, oh, you did not include X, Y, and Z. All right, something I want to bring up since we're now, like, late into the episode or whatever, like, did you find the new save file? No, I don't know what you're talking about. Oh my god. Okay, this is something I wanted to gush about so fucking hard. So you pick up a instruction manual page about saving the game. And in that instruction manual page, Tunic is looking up, like, uh, questioningly at a screenshot, which shows one save file, and then the middle save file is filled in with, like, a wholly complete save game. And I was like, huh, that's kind of weird. What if I went to, like, load the game i did this like towards the end like like i think i had like beaten the game or got really close to beating the game and i was like what if i like load the game or start a new game on a different save file and when i went to load game i now had two save games i had one save like i knew i had one save game like i saw that already but when i went back to that screen it was like fucking like a creepypasta Ben Drowned type moment of like, here's a new mm-hmm. save file. Is this the kid who owned the game before me? I'm starting to get creeped out. And it was 100% complete. Maxed out hearts. Maxed no out money. The, the, the third item, the third magical item that you see in the instruction manual, I don't yeah. know where you picked that up in the actual real world. I don't know if you can. But this save profile has that item. And this save profile is locked in a in a infinite hallway it's an infinite hallway that follows a very explicit sequence of twists and turns and it repeats and the i don't i have not cracked the case as to like what you're supposed to do with this it might be it stars a a different character also might be a training ground like you can test out all of the magical weapons and see how they're they're used and and whatnot do you think no? I would I would like be inclined to agree if there were like if it was more of like a dev area, like a big flat floor and I could spawn enemies, but this seems like a arted it's like an arted hallway. I know be- because of like how they've been like, oh yeah, like the inputs matter, the directionality matters. This the way this hallway is laid out, it's not just a like test hallway like that. And the fact that there's a different fox, like that's the big thing too. Like, this is all now creating a bigger new mystery of, like, how is it that I have cute little red fox tunic on my main profile? Who is this gray fox that I'm playing as with, like, a different outfit in the in the safe profile, too? Why do they have this different tool? Where is this hallway? It doesn't connect to anything. It keeps looping on itself. Like, I feel like I'm playing PT, but I'm I'm now in tunic. If I put in these, like, weird inputs that the instruction manual taught me... On my other profile, it's not necessarily helping, but additionally, this instruction manual has like one or two pages that I do not have and potentially don't have access to on the original save profile. And so in the instruction manual, if you collect the two pages that tell you how to complete the game, page one says to like defeat the main boss or whatever like take your rightful place i think is what it says in english and then step two you see tunic holding a book up in the air and it says like share your knowledge and i think what's happening there and i'm like very afraid to look it up because i i want to solve the puzzle myself right like so looking it up will just take all the like fun out of that but it's also a little maybe too difficult for me to figure out so i'm thinking that you have to like collect certain items or figure out a certain sequence input 
in the main save game, in your save game. You need to figure that out and bring that knowledge and and like give it to the other fox who's trapped in the game, who's trapped in the hallway. And the only way to break the cycle, which is the bad ending, and may, you know, maybe I'll reveal that in a second, but like to break the cycle, you need to free this fox. Like there's something there. Like there's a very big reason that that's a different fox. Maybe it's a previous tunic. Maybe it's the tunic that was right before you. I don't know, but it's like, that's the person I don't, it, it feels like, you know, you're watching like a movie, you get like three quarters into it. And then it turns out a prequel movie was happening. And now we're going to take a, a chapter to like watch the prequel character. So that shit's super cool. And so now just the kind of like mini spoilers for the bad ending, skip ahead or just like leave the episode if you want. So mini spoilers for the bad ending, right? You collect the three emeralds as you would in Zelda, right? Red, green, blue. You take them, you put them in the fucking temple of time or whatever they got here. And that releases the spirit lady that's trapped in the prism, the like D20 die, right? Whenever you go to the spirit realm, your all your upgrades are kind of like hovering around her and she puts her hand out to you if you walk up to her. Did you ever do that? Did you see the ghost lady? Okay. So the ghost lady, right? You free her. She turns out to be an asshole. Like she <laughs> she she tries to kill you like the moment you free her. So right, you you free her and you go to the center chamber where the big blue Zelda sword is, which I was so hoping we'd be able to use, but instead she just grabs it and she becomes a boss fight. If you defeat her, that's the end of the game. But that's the bad end of the game. You defeat her and you actually end up taking her place. The three emeralds come back out and you get imprisoned in the d20 die and like that's it and the uh, some people say that that's actually it's good to get the bad ending first because you're getting a more fulfilled story tunic is not this one individual fox tunic is just the next hero in line to take that person's place but if they can do it correctly they will not have the prison ending they will actually free everyone so right now, and it, I guess that's kind of also a commentary on like the it being a video game as a whole. It's like you are the hero of the video game, but you are now taking your journey to become the villain. And if you do reach that point where like you don't do it perfectly and you become the villain, you now start the cycle anew with like the next hero in line. But they're always going to look the same because it's a video game. And the only way you could break this cycle of like being the video game protagonist to reach the boss is to figure out how to like break the cycle for the rest of the NPCs, which I guess is the like take your place and share the knowledge. When you can share the knowledge, you can break every one of their loops. And that's kind of like the meaning I get from that. And I think that's really cool, but I also haven't gotten like the good ending uh, yet. That's where I'm at currently. It's like, I, I beat it. I got the, oh no, my fox got imprisoned ending. And now I want to figure out the other puzzles. But to be honest, like, I don't know if I am going to circle back. As much as I've been gushing over the game and stuff, I think I did hit this kind of wall once I did sort of break that seal of like, 
oh, I beat the game. I understand what the ending is. I sort of drew my own conclusions. And now I know some really obscure puzzles are left. (laughs) It makes it really hard to, yeah, it makes it hard to go back and like pick up those obscure puzzles, especially if you don't know like which one is leading you to the bigger solve. Like I want to finish the quest. Finishing the quest may not necessarily mean going to all the secret fairy fountain locations and doing like 36 input long codes, right? Unless they do say that like, yeah, you do need all the fairies in order to like not get in prison. Sure. But that's just where I'm at with the game. Like I really enjoyed my time with it and I want to go back, but... I think I'm just kind of like hitting that wall of like, oh, you're you're you were already too far deep into the game, and do we really want to do additional puzzles? I'm not sure. The game's very cute. I love the soundtrack. I love the puzzle box appeal of it, but I feel like now the puzzle box is kind of like mostly gone, you know? Like I've pretty much like licked my way to the center of the Tootsie Pop, and now I have like the rest of the pop around it, and I just don't want to eat it. I'd rather just like munch on the tootsie roll in the middle and that's your right man there's plenty of games out there switch to a cozy game 